You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati, marhaban bikum. Fi al-hawar al-siniyya al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Hello listeners, great to have you back. I'm Bridget Mutambiro coming to you from Beijing. And in today's episode, my two guests and I discuss post-pandemic tourism recovery, what travel agents should perhaps consider during this important period, together with collaborative measures that could be put in place to boost tourism between China and Africa. Now to help us unravel the discussion, we have Dr. Liu Xiangyuan. She's the project director with the China Tourism Academy and online we also have Mansoor Mohammed he is former hub head for Asia Pacific South Africa tourism Dr Liu and Mr Mansoor great to have you on the program thank you very much thank you okay now south africa's tourism authority welcomed the first group of tourists from china that was the end of march this year and this was ever since the outbreak of covid-19 tanzania also received their first batch of tourists from china more recently I brought my camera to take some photos. I want to learn about the local traditions and customs. Egypt is one of the four major civilizations in the ancient world. I would like to visit its scenic spots, such as the pyramids. It cost me 16,000 yuan to sign up for the tour group. It's acceptable. I like to travel with a group, so I don't need to worry about anything, because Traveling is to relax. So as soon as the group travel package is out, I signed up immediately. I have more options when it comes to choosing a travel destination. I can experience different cultures and enjoy different scenes in other countries. My passport had been expired for more than two years and couldn't be renewed during the pandemic. I got a new passport just five days after the policy change. And then we immediately booked the air ticket and hotel. Now let's begin with Mr. Mansour. Uh, what more perhaps should South African travel agents and from the rest of the continent put into consideration in terms of tourism outreach in 2023? Thank you so much for a very good question, Bridget. I think there are many factors um, to enhance tourism outreach, and some of it include safety and security. It's a very big concern for many travelers going through to Africa, and travel agents should always stay updated on the latest safety conditions in different destinations. Sustainable tourism is a big trend at the moment. It's another issue that agents and throughout the world actually should be aware of, mm-hmm. because travelers are increasingly conscious of sustainable and responsible travel practices. So agents can promote that more so than the traditional travel products because people are very conscious about promoting ethical tourism and participating in responsible wildlife experiences. Mm. It's important that we present Africa as a diverse destination as well. Mm. There's Mm. no singular experience. There's many experiences Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's a very rich continent, as you know, and we've got so many things from wildlife safaris to historical and cultural tours, adventure activities, beach destinations, urban experiences, gastronomy, mm. adventure, and the list goes on and on and on. Mm. And obviously, a lot of them should work very closely with local partners and they should use digital presence and technology. A big concern of the COVID is obviously health and hygiene, and mm. people want personalized and customized content as well. So these are some of the things that I would I would be conscious of. Post-COVID, what are the implications of this development for Western tour operators who see the China-Africa tourism engagement and recovery as perhaps a threat to their own traditional interests? I think uh, the way to look at it is that whoever... Um, you know, it's going to have impl- implications for Western tour operators who perceive it as a threat to their traditional interests. Mm. I personally don't believe there's actually competition in tourism. I think everybody okay. wants to go everywhere in the world. Mm. It's just that they prioritize their life differently and they say, one day I'm going to get there, but for now I want to go here. Mm. So I think um, if if Western operators feel threatened, um, they should consider, for example, what does increased competition mean for them? Mm. You know, the Chinese tourists may increasingly choose Africa as a preferred destination, um, but at the same time, people are always going to go to to Western countries eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all up and down depending on the geopolitical situation. Mm-hmm. There's a big shift in market dynamics. Mm. The influx of Chinese tourists to Africa could lead to a shift in market dynamics. Chinese tourists have different preferences and travel patterns and spending habits. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them get influenced by the government also, mm-hmm. you know, compared to other destinations or source markets that's influenced by mostly social media. Mm. There's this cultural understanding and language skills that are very important. Whoever is receptive to the demands of the Chinese consumer today, you know, language, culture, food, gastronomy, understanding their needs will obviously fare better when it comes to Chinese tourists. Chinese people love to embrace diversity, you know, and people they go and visit must also embrace them. Very important. And again, sustainable tourism practices are very important for Chinese people going forward. So overall, I think Western tour operators who view the China-Africa tourism engagement and the recovery as a threat should consider adapting their strategies, diversifying their offerings and exploring collaboration opportunities. Over to you, Dr. Liu. Let's talk about Chinese tourism. How is the tourism industry doing so far, especially with China relaxing international travel restrictions early this year? What would you say has helped Chinese tourism brands to perhaps reconnect with the African market? Okay, thank you for your question. I think the first is that since the block has been removed, the Chinese government has released the first and the second batches of approved outbound destinations for Chinese group tourists. Uh, after that, uh, right now, more and more Chinese travel agencies are connecting their former partners in Africa destinations like Egypt, South Africa, mm. um, and they started to reconnect with their partners in Africa. Um, the second, I think, uh, this release of the badges of approved outbound destinations will give the tour operators better expectations for the future reconnection between China and Africa. Mm. And they will feel more confidence to uh, prepare products for Chinese tourists as well as for for the African tourists. Mm. Uh, but right now, uh, as I know, I asked some travel operators in China 
most of the travel between Africa and China is still about business. All right. I think maybe in the future,、uh, in the next half year, there will be more tourists between Africa and China for the purpose of、uh, sightseeing and leisure or holiday. Okay, you just mentioned that most of the tourism between China and Africa is business related. What does China's relaxing of international travel restrictions mean for African business traders and business travelers wanting to travel to China?、Um, I think the first is that、uh, it's similar to the Chinese operators、mm-hmm. and traders.、Mm-hmm. For the business traders in Africa, right now they can book air tickets to China, and、mm. in fact, many many travelers, many business traders、uh, have been doing so. And I think the business between China and Africa will be boosted after the the face to face connection.、Mm. Um, and、uh, of course,、uh, for the business travelers,、uh, it is right now、uh, really easy, and、uh, more it will be cheaper. I think with more、uh, airlines、mm. uh, restarted, yeah, I think、uh, it will be cheaper and easier for them to come to China. Okay,、um, Mr. Yes. Mr. Mansell,、yes. um, still on business tourism. China just concluded the Canton Fair, and now we're looking forward to other fairs. What policies are available so far to To support business-led development and creative industries to promote、uh, resilient tourism growth between China and Africa, and perhaps we could start with South Africa. Yes,、um, again, another very important question because, as you know, policies lay the foundation for cooperation. Mm, mm. So the first thing we have are、um, bilateral tourism agreements between China and South Africa, along with other African countries.、Uh, for example, we've got an MOU between the South African government and the Chinese government that goes back 20 years on accredited destination services for tourism. Okay. Which means that we allow operators for group tours to move people between China, outside China, into South Africa、right. on a regular basis.、Right. You know, and these agreements focus on areas such as visa facilities. Air connectivity, investment promotion,、mm. and cultural exchange.、Mm-hmm. We've also got investment incentives from both the government in China and African countries to attract businesses from both sides, and these could include tax breaks, financial support.、Mm. Streamlined business processes, special economic zones. I know China is very big on it, and such measures encourage Chinese business to invest in Africa tourism sector. For example, we've got a lot of very big、um, Chinese businesses operating in South Africa. You know.、Um, Big industrial, especially in the automotive sector, and they've been very successful here with big brands.、Mm. Then, as you know, China's Belt and Road Initiative and all these other infrastructure development initiatives, such as the tourism infrastructure development, you know, that is big, and Africa is benefiting from new airports, new tourism infrastructure, new buildings,、mm. new hotel resorts, conference centers, and transportation as well. As you know, our Minister of Public Enterprises are currently in China. To ask China to help us build our energy resilience and our infrastructure resilience. So there's、mm-hmm. a lot of that happening. More pure tourist stuff is cultural exchange and, and festivals,、um, and we do joint marketing and promotion, capacity building, and also research and data sharing. For example, CTA, our colleagues sitting with us today, they do a lot of research and they publish a lot of publications that、mm. we use. Yes. Yeah. Yes.、Uh, you mentioned something about infrastructure、mm. development. How far has Africa actually gone in creating destinations that have networked infrastructure that enables an informativeness and accessibility of tourism resources needed 
to support urban and international tourism development post-COVID? With regard to infrastructure, um, even before COVID, we've mm. had a lot of very good infrastructure, especially in South Africa. For example, we've had amazing airports, road infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We've also had amazing technology infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of that that comes from pre-COVID times. But now during COVID, we developed a lot of things on the technology front. For example, when I was head of SA Tourism mm-hmm. in Asia Pacific region, we developed a business-to-business portal mm. for on a WeChat platform, a mini program to create better business between Chinese and South Africa tour operators. Ah, okay. You know, so a lot of more emphasis is on the technology, technology. infrastructure. So, yeah. Also, um, like now we're working a lot on things like um, visa access and facilitation to make it easier, improving the technology infrastructure on e-visas and making it easier for people to apply. At the same time, our Minister of Tourism has just announced over the last few days how much mm-hmm. effort she's going to put in in promoting more airline access between ah, the two countries. You know, so, mm. so I think all this infrastructure is going to be very important to, to improve connectivity between the two countries. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Post-pandemic tourism recovery. What should travel agents consider during this important period? What collaborative measures can be put in place to boost tourism between China and Africa? I'm Bridget Mutambirwa and this week on China Africa Talk, I speak with two insiders for their opinions. For more, subscribe to China Africa Talk, available on your preferred podcast. See you there. Dr. Liu, would you like to perhaps illustrate extra tourism recovery initiatives or like or campaigns or partnerships? Um, with China and African tourists in place so far. We've just heard a few from Samansu. He mentioned there's some MOUs that are already in place and he also Mm -hmm. highlighted what's happening in terms of infrastructure to enable accessibility and stuff like that. How about on the side of China? What's happening here? Um, Actually, during the COVID-19 in 2021 to Mm -hmm. 2022, the connection between China and Africa countries has never been stopped. Uh, we have uh, um, some kinds of seminars. I think it's about the cultural heritage re- reservation, the sustainability, and also each year we have seminars focusing on tourism cooperation between China and Africa countries. So post-COVID, these seminars will continue. Of course, these seminars are more official, but besides the officials, we also have guests from the industries from the academies it will be held uh, in the future in this year and um, uh, besides these um, seminars i think uh, uh, some countries uh, like uh, south africa or or egypt they have conducted many marketing campaigns i'm not sure but uh, in our social media we have seen many recommendations traveling to egypt 
so I think the destinations have done many campaigns mm. uh, right now and we will continue to do so. Mr. Mansour just mentioned social media platforms and technology. When we look at marketing as it stands for China, which social media platforms are perhaps the most relevant for Chinese tourism marketing now? Yes, as to the social media, they are becoming more and more important for the tourism marketing. In China, besides the OTA, I think uh, you have no vested trip. Okay. Uh, besides OTA, uh, the C-Trip, like C-Trip, and uh, more social medias like the short video platform, TikTok in Africa, I think. And it's really popular. The young people are the target group for the social media platforms marketing. And besides doing, I think uh, I just mentioned Little Red Book. This is a life, lifestyle sharing platform uh, used mostly by young women in China. Okay. So travel is a kind of lifestyle. Many young women share their travel experience on this platform. On this and okay. uh, yeah, also we have another platform. It's a kind of Chinese tourist community, okay. online community. And you will see the recommendations, the comments of travel there. So that platform will give us guidelines and advice when we plan to travel. Mm. So these are the mostly used, uh, commonly used social media platforms in China. Okay. I think they will become more and more important for destinations. Mr. Mansour, over to like challenges and expectations towards tourism recovery. We know that there has been a shortage of staff in aviation worldwide and also high airfares on China-Africa routes and vice versa. What can the tourism industry do in Africa and China to attract more tourists and solve this problem towards the whole recovery process? I think the first thing they need to do is just generate a lot more demand, right? So get more people to travel is the first thing. With targeted marketing campaigns, very clearly developed and executed so that people can really make up their mind about wanting to go to South Africa or wanting to go to China. Mm. So it has to be very clear, very well planned. Lots of digital promotion, lots of collaboration and partnerships with various people inside China, inside South Africa, with the airlines, with tourism bodies. Make sure that we enhance our visitor experiences so that people who visit go back and tell the rest of the world how great it is to go visit South Africa or to Mm. go visit China. You know, most importantly, don't oversell your destination. Make sure Uh. it's sustainable and responsible. Mm. Very important. Otherwise, people are going to do what they did in Barcelona, not Barcelona, in um, Venice, Mm. you know, stop people from traveling there. It's a very serious thing and Mm. people are taking it for granted. And I think very importantly, we must have more frequent flights between various countries, more destinations, so people have more choice and prices can come down. Mm. But the airlines will do the necessary work if they see the demand is coming. Okay, Dr. Liu, still on these challenges, visas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, visas are a challenge uh, that is already being resolved by the necessary authorities but what are some of the possible hurdles to africa china tourism yeah um i think besides the visas visas right now is not a big problem and the flights are also recovering um i think the one big hurdle one big uh, hurdle is the lack of information okay actually africa and china are far away from each other mm-hmm. we know each other not well enough for example we consider africa uh, when we mention africa we think about wildlife i think uh, we still need more information about africa and africa also needs need to know more about china mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm not sure what African people consider China,、mm-hmm. um, and I think there's another hurdle. It's safety concern. Actually, this safety concerns maybe not physical to more extent. It is psychological because we don't know each other so well.、Mm-hmm. We we think、uh, it's not safety to come to Africa, and the、mm-hmm. African people may also consider it's not safety to China.、Mm-hmm. So I think in the future we still need more information communication between each other. Africa is not a country; it's not a continent.、Mm, uh, right. We have a lot to explore, and China is a big country. Still, we need to、uh, take more time to explore、uh, really diverse cultures in different regions. Yes, Mr. Mansoor. Yes. This month, on the twenty fifth, we celebrate Africa Day. What places in Africa would you recommend to a tourist, perhaps planning on visiting Africa during this time, to get the real African feel? I can tell you, you know, I can. Firstly, Africa is very rich. The first thing to know is that Africa is not a country; it's a continent. Many, many、yeah. beautiful countries.、Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, if you, my logic is always like this: I'm an experienced traveler. I always go to the easier destinations first, because there's a lot of infrastructure and easy to travel.、Mm. Then you build up your confidence over time. So, for example, Zimbabwe, South Africa. Kenya, Tanzania,、mm-hmm. Egypt, Morocco—these are very easy places to go to because the tourism infrastructure is well set up.、Mm. So go there first, get familiar with it, build your confidence in Africa, and then on your repeat visits because you're going to love it. You come back and then you explore the more off-beaten track.、Mm. Okay. And Dr. Liu, it's summer in China, and perhaps a good time to travel. The Chinese Tourism Authority are promoting a travel month in the lead up to China's Tourism Day, which is on May the nineteenth. Obviously, there are a lot of popular tourist destinations in China. What places would you perhaps recommend to African tourists and friends already in China, and those scheduled to visit soon? Oh, China is so big. You can come to. Many many places in summer. I think you may go to the the southwest of China, Yunnan,、okay. Guizhou, and Sichuan. You will find many、um, beautiful mountains there,、mm. and you can cool down there. All right. Yeah, China is a really really big country, and think I think、uh, the African people can come to China. Besides the big cities, I think most African people has known is the big cities like Guangzhou, Shanghai,、sure. Beijing.、Mm. Yeah, yeah. But besides those big cities, I think the business people. Also know a small city called Yiwu. Yes, Yiwu. Yes. Yeah, Yiwu. yeah. It's in Zhejiang.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in Zhejiang Province,、mm-hmm. and I think it's not far away from Yiwu. Uh, there's a beautiful city, Hangzhou.、Mm. Maybe in the future, after they do business, they have finished their business in Yiwu. They can come to Hangzhou, uh, for travel. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have on the program, Dr. Liu and Mr. Mansoor. Thank you for your insights, listeners. I hope you found this episode enlightening, especially for those planning on touring the African continent or visiting China in the near future. Catch you next week. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.